Podcast 118, a Hey Arnold re-education where every week two lifelong friends gather to re-watch, review, and relive every episode and movie of the classic Nicktoon, Hey Arnold. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Asuncion, and how are you doing, other host? I'm good, Michael Asuncion. I'm Sean, the other host. Yes, you is. Yes, you is. Um, I had a, just a quick follow-up business item from last week's episode for a quote that like- Oh, action items. Really like, <laughs> yeah, that really, okay, okay, we get it. You work in tech. Um. <laughs> sorry um for just something that a quote that captured your imagination or an, ex- or an exclamation from grandpa so him like bailing out on arnold because you didn't want to give him advice anymore about the grandpa the grandma ernie of it all so he's like shoot fire time to take my medication i was like yes that sounds extremely familiar to me and i was like where have i heard that before so the real version of that is shit fire and i was like oh freaking Oh. From uh, the guy in Django Unchained says it when they're all arguing over their 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 mask yes. eye hole situation. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So wow. I I double checked according to Urban Dictionary, uh, shitfire is a southern exclamation uh, denoting a general exclamation of surprise, arousal, discontent, or bo- or boredom. Can you tell me more about the arousal situation where shitfire may come up? Well, apparently, uh, one of the example sentences on Urban Dictionary was like, shit, fire, you're sexy. Or, Help. Shit, fire, you got a pretty mouth. I, I kind of ad-libbed that last example, but I think I'm using it correctly in a, in a sentence. You're definitely using it correctly. And here I was thinking it was just a reference to the ensemble cast of Top Gun Maverick singing Great Balls of Fire in the bar. Oh, shoot, fire would actually the be... Tune of, that'd be a really good call sign. Piano, yeah. Yes, that'd be a really good call sign, shoot, fire, because... I shoot fire from my jet plane at the uh, vaguely or non non obvious foreign enemy plane. Yeah, ambiguous enemy planes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> wow, how many Top Gun Maverick references can we fit into this? Podcast? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll, we will. We will see if it takes our breath. Put away. it in the gag tracker. Good lord. Yes. Uh, before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to actually call a quick quick shout out or a moment of remembrance respect put put some respect on this man's name um Mm. so today according to according to craig bartlett's instagram today is actually the eighth death anniversary of steve vixton who Mm. turns out wrote most of these episodes he wrote six he has 65 writing credits on on hey arnold he him and craig uh i think first worked together on Rugrats, and this is really cool, mm. according to the post on uh, Craig's page. Uh, Steve actually coined the phrase, a baby's got to do what a baby's got to do. So just like, Dang. hell yeah, for sure. But that's Legacy. not even that's not even the best part. Steve was also the voice of Oscar Kokoschka. Holy fucking shit. So, yeah, and I, and I love it when, like, create, when creatives will voice a character and whatever it is that they do, like... You're finding Nemo's with Crush, or you know, up with Doug, but yeah, Oscar is a Oscar's a legend of the Sunset Arms boarding house, oh. and we haven't even fully gotten to him yet. But when when he is there, he's gonna make a splash every single time. 
I'm going to cry even more when it's his episode. A little bit, a little bit, but we'll just laugh it off. Like, <laughs> I'm wondering how hot it's going to be next week when we do that. Was that the, was that the, the, um, the avatar thing that I pointed out to you that I really love that they, they didn't do oh it as God. much in the show? I, I don't refer to avatar, but yes, the pause cough from a distance. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Wait, where do you, what do you refer to it as? What, what do you call that? You know, I just don't... I, I never really attributed it specifically to Avatar. I, I've, I never seen, kind of, I've never seen it in any other yeah. context, though. I only noticed it, like, upon maybe my, like, second rewatch of Last Airbender, and it's like, oh, this was, like, a running thing. They would... Whenever, like, Sokka would make a really terrible joke or something, but... Or even yeah. or Katara, because you know, she maybe doesn't it's have just a sense of humor. One, one of those kind of, like, things that just happens over time that you just kind of take it. I don't know. I think we I actually. Don't have it tied to I anything. mean, there's a lot of dumb little bits we would do in high school, but I think we actually tried to do it there a little bit. Like, I think we first kind of like pointed it out there, and we would just do it whenever mm-hmm. somebody. There was always one person who thought they were like the funniest person in the class, but everything just fell super mm-hmm. flat. Blah blah blah. We we won't get into that quite so much, but yeah, we're here to talk about Heron also. Screw it. Um, <laughs> let's move on with ourselves. So today, <laughs> y'all, we are here to talk about. This is a. Uh, Episode five. Yeah. Okay. So episode yeah. five uh, and the first half is the immortal uh, sixth grade girls originally aired. Both of these episodes came out on October 21st, 1996. This one was brought to us again, written by the legend, Steve Vixton, directed by Dan Povenmire. I think I saw his credit on Rocco's Modern Life and SpongeBob, I think, too. I have definitely saw him, so I think he stayed with Nickelodeon for quite a while. And also the co-director mm. was, again, Julie Murphy Hashiguchi. And this one is, uh, in this one, sixth grade girls Connie and Maria invite Arnold and Gerald to their school dance. But little do they know that Connie and Maria are using them to make their boyfriends jealous. So where would you like to start with this one? It's either Arnold's perfect execution of the dive. Dude, he does like a Christ air. Yeah, absolutely. Or uh, Connie and Maria laughing after he fixes his hair, and it's that gross nasal laugh that we get from them the whole episode. <laughs> That's true. They Yeah, it's the Connie and Maria of it all, because, again, it's like this thing where they, hey, here's these characters just for this episode. They might come back. They might not. But, mm, yeah. Stars. It's, yeah, Connie and Maria, they definitely make an impression, and Love it's them. it's hard. Yeah, I do like them too, but then it's like, oh, they are kind of using them, but it's really just because their own respective boyfriends really suck, Tommy and Bert. And they own up to it too. I mean, this is the only little skip I'll do ahead, but like the, the resolution to the episode, pretty wholesome from them at least. Like the boys kind of fixate on something that <laughs> it's kind of odd, but you know. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get to that, but. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting though, because okay, so I guess the thing that I just want to—I I think I want to just get the EQ, the essential question, out of the way for at least a little bit here, and then we can just go into the shenanigans mm. of the episode. Maybe it's just because I've seen it so many times; it just always was on, or just—it's definitely something that I, one of the episodes I remember the best. Why does this kind of resonate so much with me? And maybe on some level, you know, with the hindsight of maturity and like looking back on my childhood and stuff. So I was wondering, you know, as a kid. Do you, did you ever experience this, or do you remember the first time you had a crush on a girl who was older than you? Oh my god, not as a kid. I went to Christian school. Oh, Michael. that's true. Yeah, you can't. Relationships, have crushes, crushes relationships were taboo. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> unless they were strictly for procreative purposes. Okay, so that is to Not say even that <laughs> for sure. So that is to say that's something that I definitely experienced. Never in never in a elementary school. Like girls weren't really in my purview. But when I got to middle school, mm. all that all those switches kind of got turned on. And as early as so when I was in sixth grade, I remember just seeing like the eighth grade girls and thinking like dude these are like fully grown women these are like amazonian goddesses in my eye a little Mm. bit so you know there was that piece of it but uh, more so in seventh grade i got to a point where yeah like maybe it's because i just felt like all the girls in in my respective grade were like oh i knew that you know it's kind of the same old same old or like i don't really find any of them super like appealing to my like to my fancy as like i'm trying to sound as least shitty as possible as i tell this story Mm. but yeah then it got to a point though where so i was in seventh grade and when i was in when i went to like advanced band that year i was in there with eighth graders too and i just you know it didn't take long i very quickly had crushes on like a bunch of the eighth grade girls and stuff usually not Mm. so much simultaneously they you know they'd kind of I'd be like, get kind of discouraged if I found out like somebody had a boyfriend or something like, yeah, okay, I'm going to cut my losses there. Just because maybe I just had that presence of mind of like, no, this probably isn't worth my time, but protect yourself. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. But I think there were times too, where I'd see who their boyfriend was and it was kind of like a Tommy and Bert-esque relationship where I'm like, why are you with this person? Why are you with this person? Um, (laughs) But, but yeah, that's, that, that was the thing. I think maybe it's, I think it was also that, similarly to Arnold and Gerald it was like oh these girls like don't really know us they don't ha- really have like these girls don't really have the same like history with me like these girls just met me like two months ago or whatever yeah. like I can sort of present a slightly fresher presentation or version of myself to them that I think is going to be a little more appealing plus I think there's a lot of liberty in dating outside of your friend group there's a lot more <laughs> outside of your immediate social circles I think it's just a lot there's a lot more like potential fallout you have to deal with and stuff. If you're kind of like friends with somebody or like you're part of this core group and then you guys pair off and then it gets messy. So yeah, I was like, you know, it's just a little, there's a little more insurance there, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, if you age it up, it seems very similar to, I mean, I won't put too much personal into it, but a lot of us freshmen liked a lot of the seniors from the basketball team at Oceana. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the same that's thing. What, that's the same thing. That's where my head goes. Even through, when right? we were, you know, and then, even when we were sophomores, yeah. I remember the seniors. I didn't know any of them by name or anything, but I was just like, "Oh my god, these are women!" Like <laughs> <laughs> these girls, these girls wear like there was that group of girls who wore like heels every damn day, which made zero <laughs> sense to me because our <laughs> high school was like this weird hall, kind of like outdoor hallway situation, open area. open area, and the whole damn thing was like cobblestone. So I'm like. I'm surprised none of them ever, like, rolled an ankle. Or we just didn't notice it, you know, because we were mm-hmm. hanging out around them. They were, play- but... they were playing it off pretty good, yeah. Or they were wearing those, like, like gladiatorial sandals. You remember those were super big at that time? I don't I don't miss that Absolutely. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I didn't have to wear them. So no, no. But yeah. off the top of our head, though, let's just getting – let's just, uh, yeah, this one just – this episode really got my wheels turning. So I'm going to just put, pose this question to you straight up. Yeah. Connie or Maria, bro? Maria, easy. No thought. Okay. Easy. I think so. I think I'd have to agree with you there. <laughs> easy. Yeah. Maria is a character. I appreciate how she stands her ground. She's definitely the person that like leads the friendship and I can admire that a lot. 
Um, and she just has, <laughs> I don't know, she has a presence about her that's a lot more, uh, a lot more interesting than, um, than Connie. Yeah, I Con- feel like Connie's kind of like Connie's a little flatter, you know. Yeah, kind of like sort of like a super diet generic store brand kind of Harley Quinn deal like like yeah like you know just kind of like picture kind of like going on Mr. J Mr. J or whatever it is yeah, but, yeah, yeah and then you have that interesting like inverse just visually like ethnically I'm like wondering if that was on purpose mm-hmm. like I mean yeah like um, Connie is Connie's blonde and like definitely probably is most like you know she's she's white yeah, fuck it she's white and yeah. <laughs> Maria probably like Afro-Cuban if I had to kind of guess a little bit probably something like that mm. like it's definitely getting kind of like in the heights vibes from her a little bit but yeah and then yeah. there's that thing of like Air Arnold and Gerald they go with you know Arnold kind of goes as Maria's date Gerald goes as mm-hmm. Connie's date and it kind of reminded me of that thing and Arthur that they talk about where like Arthur and Buster have fluffy slippers of each other. Like yes. Buster, <laughs> Buster yeah. has the aardvark yeah. slippers and Ar- Arthur has the bunny <laughs> slippers. But, yeah. But yeah, the pair, I mean, the, 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 pa- melting pot, the know, pairing, so, yeah. the pairings oddly worked though. I, I would say it would be kind of weird beca- because Maria is so much more of a talker and like more of the mouthpiece. It'd be kind of weird mm. if like she was Gerald's date. I think it worked out really well too. Mm. And I mean, yeah, like I was saying, the, the show itself kind of like shows this this town as a melting pot, so it feels very, very on brand mm-hmm. um, for what we've gotten from the show. And I don't know, you you also get uh, Maria's with Bert, right? Yeah, wait, no, 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 she gets Tommy. Tommy. Yeah, yeah. You also get their dynamic with the Hey Maria, <laughs> come on, come over here. Hey Vato, you come <laughs> over here. And Vato apparently just means like guy kind of thing it's like yeah it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. slang slang yeah, for yeah. dude yeah <clears throat> yeah yeah absolutely so good and i i love how after their first meeting like gerald and arnold were both putting their feet into their mouths but like as they run away you could hear arnold under his breath trailing off and like thank you what <laughs> like cause yeah. gerald said thank you afterwards. <laughs> i know that's the thing it's funny because it's like i always had it in my head of like gerald was way more smooth about it but i think about the whole thing, but he's kind of stumbling yeah. on it just as much as Arnold is. Yeah, like they both. Yeah, he's got. They both know that bravado. they can't. They, they both know they're like, this charade is a is very flimsy, but they also are like, no, no, I think we can pull this off. Like Arnold being like, I'm gonna get that kiss from a sixth grade girl, and he's the one that's like hyper motivated by the kiss. Like Gerald is just having a good time. He mentions it once, but Arnold fixates. He really does. On, he he get he gets all up on it. And you know, again, so I know that we initially branded ourselves here as Podcast One Eighteen, but I think um, there's going to be an occasional sub segment or sub show within the show here that I think I'm officially going to call "Hate Arnold," where Sean talks about <laughs> how much, where Sean talks about how much he hates Arnold. <laughs> How much I'm just like understanding it over time That's that true. I don't like him as much as I idolized him as a kid. I think again I think he's gonna soften up a little bit more in like the second this is definitely the most hard to defend is like season one Arnold he's a lot more abrasive Arnold yeah a lot more like bold and abrasive and ballsy but and and things like that but well again what kind of gets all that in the subject and as far as you know this or that so (laughs) if you were a girl Tommy or Bert (laughs) Who's the guy that's wearing the Blues Clues shirt? That's Tommy. Joe from Blues Clues. Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, mm, so you'd rather go not... out with Tommy? 
<laughs> he's really he's he's really, he's giving this one a lot of thought. I I gotta I gotta respect yeah. that, folks. I mean, I feel like I don't really remember Bert. Like Bert's kind of forgettable. Bert, yeah, and... Bert's just like ooh, like he's kind of just like a caveman about it. And he's got yeah, he's got like can't... Danny McBride's mullet. Exactly. Yeah. I can't date somebody that's also forgettable because I'm pretty boring. <laughs> oh come on, you are a very yeah. interesting person. But Tommy, <laughs> I would say though, I don't know if you. Hopefully this reference plays for you because like I'm such a big fan of this particular character. I realize like with like the sweater combo and the sort of comb over like feathery comb over and the fact that he's so skinny, Tommy looks exactly like Eric Foreman from that '70s show. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, a lot meaner. What goes on here? What goes on is my favorite <laughs> sentence of the show. I'm gonna work that into my my lingo. Yeah, we're gonna we need so we good. need to make that happen along with uh, cheesed off. <laughs> like let's just let's just work it into the conversation next month when we're in this San Diego. This entire episode, like yeah, this yeah. whole episode had so many great little like sentences. It's all in the dialogue, and and like the thing is too, like they're really it's it just feels so not lazy, but it's just like wow, it's kind of just like a really easy kind of like set and spike because most of the dialogue in this episode consists of just words that are words or phrases that are repeated. <laughs> It's yeah, like, absolutely. Like, I bet they think we're goofs or something. It's like, believe me, Arnold, I know women. And the last thing that they think we are is goofs. Hey, check out those two goofs over there. <laughs> check out those two goofs over there. <laughs> kind of we goofy. also got, let's go with those chicos and it'll make them locos. I know. It's, <laughs> it sounds like it kind of reminded me of Doritos, Locos, Tacos. Like just all of the, oh. the OS sounds. That sounds so good right now. I've been craving Taco Bell for days. Then, Let's go right now. Oh my gosh, yeah. Freaking Taco Bell Cantina. Pause the podcast. Pacifica. We'll be back. Wow, you're doxing us, Michael. We'll be back. I didn't. We live in that general area. That's all. <laughs> uh, within San Mateo County. <laughs> uh, do with that info what you will. My favorite exchange was why are you always doing that? Doing what? That thing you always do. <laughs> but the thing is, too, I think, like, I guess, yeah, again, reading so far into it, it's like, okay, they are just sixth graders. So it's like, yeah, like, I don't know. I think just seeing, like, the the crappy, argumentative relationships that I grew up seeing or in other kids, I'm like, yeah, that I think that is just, like, the version of, like, you know, they're trying to, like, oh, this is how grown-ups fight. Oh, yeah, just <laughs> kid relationship. Yeah. Which also, I don't know which one of the boyfriends that it is, but when they tackle each other off of the high dive, <laughs> That seems so dangerous. It definitely is. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds hell. That seems. I know. It's like. I'm just wondering. Yeah, it's like Tommy and Bert. I wonder if they were friends to begin with, and then they, they're like, oh, we're friends. Actually, actually, yeah. This girl that, this kid that I worked with at my last job, hmm. she, she and her best friend, they were like, oh, let's find two boys who are best friends and each date them so we can just easily double date each other i'm like that's like a terrible idea <laughs> hey if they got lucky with it May, it's good well it didn't it good turned out them. one of them was very like flip floppy and non-committal like kind of like arnold himself and depending on the thing you know he didn't like her yeah. he didn't like her like her you know that was really Gross. what it comes down to but <laughs> she deserves better no she she truly does can you go through uh their glow up for me i was gonna say yeah so okay wait here's my in the in the discord here i'm gonna throw this in so gerald gets a hold of his dad's dating trunk and they basically turn into like disco stew from the simpsons for a night and like that's the key to meeting women and 
we have Arnold here with a very a little more Saturday Night Fever esque situation: the white pants, the white mm. vest, red red shirt, and the uh, kind of not not exactly John Lennon glasses, but got the hair slicked back, and then Gerald with the purple purple shirt, the peace belt buckle, a heart medallion. Mm. Mm-hmm. And he tucks his he tucks his afro into a smaller afro, and I just think it's precious because they, they both look even though they're wearing like platform shoes. Like maybe this is the point because it's like oh they're out they're kind of out of their depth here. They're still younger. They're only fourth grade. Like they somehow look smaller in these disco outfits. They look like children, but they also look pretty sick. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty dope. I'm like if I saw if I saw like two guys cosplay like cosplay this, that would be freaking amazing. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that neither of them wore the puka shells that they found in Gerald's dad's trunk. Yeah, I don't think puka shells were like a 70s thing or anything. But when they said it, I was so like thrown for a loop. <laughs> puka shells. I'm like, is this 2003? Like, puka, yeah. puka shells, yeah, airwalks, also... airwalk skate shoes. <laughs> but they're also both wearing eau de oeuf, which is scent of eggs. Is that in French or? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's written grammatically incorrect. Okay, I couldn't tell but... Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 eggs. <laughs> okay, yeah. Gerald Gerald's line read on that always kind of always amused me. He's like, "Clone all day, oof." Yeah. <laughs> this is. I think this is my. We're we start to see more of like the kind of like not the scheming Gerald, but like the more like enterprising Gerald. Like he's a lot more ambitious mm-hmm. than Arnold, and he's like, "Come on, dude, let's just do this. Like, why not? Like, yeah. you know." He turned them both into swinging hipsters. <laughs> he did, yeah. Cool moves. Cool moves for Also, they're standing dudes. outside the door of Maria's place, right? Yeah. Yeah. And how her dad is basically acting exactly how... Oh, that's... Yeah, boyfriend. That that's really sad <laughs> yeah. the more you look into it. And I, I think it's Maurice... L- L- correct... I mean, I, I think I'd have to check the credits, but I think that's Maurice LaMarche voicing Maria's dad, uh, Big Bob. Because mm. when he screams, mm. the Maria... Come over here! Like, I'm like, oh shoot, that's uh, that's where it comes from. And the way he like forcibly like offers them the bowl of cashews, like, nuts! Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, I myself. oh, here's a yeah, definitely. Um, so actually, Sean, I have some because who's to say this can't be educational? Um, you know how they keep on blaming their small stature on their lack of cauliflower and their diet? Yes, vegetables in general, but yes, stunted, stunted their growth. Um, I actually uh, looked up the health benefits of cauliflower because <laughs> I, I mean, I love cauliflower, dude. Like I love, I make cauliflower wings. Don't get me started on that. Like Buffalo cauliflower. I've made cauliflower mash, like as like a mashed potato substitute, which is amazing. It's like almost indistinguishable. So mm. I was curious. How um, many different kinds of shrimp do you, do you also make and sell at your shrimp establishment? Cauliflower burger. Cauliflower salad, cauliflower fries. About it. But anyway, according to Healthline.com, because you know we both went to a high school that emphasized that we cite our sources, um, the health benefits of cauliflower include, uh, you know, many nutrients, low calorie, high vitamins, high fiber, good source of antioxidants, may aid in weight loss, high in choline. I don't know what that is. Rich in sulforaphane. Don't know what that is either. And uh, as a very uh, usually used, can be used as a low-carb alternative to grains and legumes. I thought we were beans. I got really excited when I saw the word legume in the... uh, Was that the last one in the list? No, it actually was. No, it it truly was. It actually was. (laughs) Cauliflower fried rice, too. That's great, too, as well. Just got to make sure it's not too wet. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) 
it's a win for sure and uh, thank you you're welcome i feel so satiated you're welcome just as you would if you were to eat cauliflower in place of rice mm. sponsor well. us cauliflower <laughs> big thank you big cauliflower for sponsoring this i'll episode. read your ad copy <laughs> for cauliflower <laughs> my god Oh, dude. I think, like, uh, an unsung element of this episode that I also really liked was just the music. Like, even just that kind of hip-hop mm-hmm. beat with the... Like that. And the record scratches. But also just their, like, dance break is... To me, is just super iconic. That little jam. It starts off sounding like You Should Be Dancing by the Bee Gees mixed with, like, Shake Your Groove thing. Which immediately also made me think of the the... The disco dance sequence, similarly in an extremely goofy movie. Yeah, there's they're swinging, oh, they're Good swinging, time. they're swinging hipster moves were very adorable. I definitely probably like tried to like copy those moves as a kid or like when the episode was playing. But oh yeah, mm-hmm. no the uh, the bullet that I wrote dear in my notes is they do be moving though. But then I also followed that up with hit me again, Melvin. Tommy is an alcoholic for <laughs> sure. No, oh, no, he definitely comes off as like an angry. He almost gets cut off too. He like does. Melvin is like, hey Mel- man. <laughs> no, speaking of speaking of that, or is he? Oh, I thought I took a screen cap, but Melvin looks like he's from another show altogether. Like he looks like he's from one of yeah, those like yeah, yeah. Adult Swim cartoons, <laughs> like the Oblo- Mission Hill or something like that, or like yeah, like an empty. Like yeah. he looks like they plucked somebody from like Daria and like stuck him in Hey Arnold. But, yeah, they green screened him in yeah, for sure. That was super weird. Yeah, it really cheesed me off. What really cheesed me off is like that dance had all the lights on. That's not very, that doesn't set the mood at all. <laughs> You're supposed to not see anybody. That's the whole point. But <laughs> that's, that's very yeah. true. Until the lights come back on. Mm-hmm. But without the lights on, they wouldn't have been able to know that those stupidos were checking them out. That's true. That's true. Mm. Mm. The benefits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But the the resolution to this episode is so good. It actually like, is, yeah, because it's so good. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is. Like, it's dangerous. Like, I forget. You actually hear, like, you see Tommy, like, bend Arnold's arm behind him, and you hear, like, kind of like a bone cracking a little bit, like, knuckle cracking. Which was aggressive. Yeah, yeah. no, for sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's like, I'll rip your head off and beat you over the head with it. But, yeah, it's, it's like, again, it's hard to, like, vilify Connie and Maria, for sure. Like, and yeah, it's just a really sweet thing. That whole thing of like, you know, you guys are just really sweet. Like, you know, and all the girls are gonna be looking at you. And then that, that's Connie's line, right? He's like, who knows? Like, yeah, who knows? Maybe Maria and me will be looking at you too. Yeah, that was that. That was what makes it semi difficult to choose Maria over Connie. Yeah, because Connie obviously is a wordsmith of some sort, and yeah. I can appreciate that. Yeah. It was a good one. And the backing track behind that, mm-hmm. I think it comes back a couple of times, but I think that's one of my favorite ones. It's like, ugh, it's just, it, it's just so good because they're letting them down gently and it just feels like that. Yeah. And it has that, that like, ooh, that deep, jazzy, loungy bit. Yeah, that's got that kind of like Kenny G sax vibe going mm-hmm. with it and, and everything. The, the, yeah, I definitely in the way that the there's kind of like these like bell or like xylophone Glock mm-hmm. chimes that coincide with their kisses and stuff. Yeah, and the lipstick matches their outfits. That's true. That is true. So cute. And just yeah, it's Purple just yeah, it's very just like it's it's ultimately a very like innocent resolution, and yeah, it's like surprisingly like it doesn't fall into cliche. It like it's surprisingly like it's it rounds out. Yeah, it really yeah. does. It's so cool. And the I guys, don't even know how they do isn't it. it the guys? They they both say like yeah, we're just jealous. Yeah, that's we all. were just jealous. Like, that's all. Oh yeah, it was Bert, and yeah. then like Tommy. Yeah, similarly, Joseph like the less the less spoken yeah. one is 
a little more just to the point and <laughs> kind of like yeah yeah that's a good point yeah again these are kids they're good all episode. just they're all just trying to figure it out and everything and good episode love good, this one good episode Big fan. chicky baby chicky baby wait hold on before we switch uh foxy mama dynamite mm-hmm. uh cheesed off i'm hip <laughs> to the i'm hip to the groove mama out, pretty mama hip. out of sight yeah natch babe also in the book trains rickshaws and cabs yes, yeah. what <laughs> i don't mean like i guess depend i was gonna say i mean there's, there's Damn, they got the uber paid for man foxy mama's foxy mama's in uh in asia too any urban city environment but yeah <laughs> I got. I still got to rip that from the from the theme song. We'll do that pretty soon. But moving on to another great episode for sure. So episode five B, the baseball, written by Joe mm. Anselaber, another like Rugrats veteran. I think he also went on to do a bunch of Recess as well. Um, directed mm. by Dan Pavenmeyer and Dale Case. Arnold's baseball idol Mickey Kaline is about to retire. So Arnold and Gerald go to Mickey's final game, and. Yeah, and another addition to the Arnold's Daydream tracker. I always thought this one was cool, like the way he just kind of like statically cat, like uh, what's the word, cartwheels into space. Mm-hmm. Like he literally yeah. is just spacing out. And then I just always really enjoyed that POV where you're like trailing the f- uh, the flaming baseball as it comes down to the street for their stickball game. Yeah. So I think this is the first time we actually see them playing baseball in the in the in the show because it was just football in Stoop Kid. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Oh, with the what does Harold call his baseball? Like this is genuine, genuine tri- imitation, triple stitched <laughs> imitation baseball. Unknown. The, he was throwing some heat. Though. He was no, like, he did like that was some backyard baseball shit. Like it, like yeah, it goes into like across what's the word? He just, did the breaker ball or whatever yeah. it's called, the one that drops. It no, yeah, he does like it. It comes across to Arnold's like strike zone, like across like across the letters and then it stops and then it like backs up and like swirls around. Yeah. It was mm. unfair. It truly was. How is he ever going to hit that in the strike zone huh? when Harold's balls are dropping? <laughs> did that land? That did. That did. Yes. I nice. don't think, you know, I don't think actually like in terms of that, Harold is maybe, I think this is just speaks to uh Justin Shankaro's skills as a voice actor, but his voice never really mm. changes at all. Like, mm. think, Helga and Helga, like Helga, Rhonda, Gerald, I think they stay the same throughout the show, but like their voice is actually, they just follow like the per, the actor's voice change as it goes. But yeah, mm. I think Harold stays pretty consistent. Nice Harold. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and what about like Eugene? I think Eugene's too busy idolizing Spuds, Studs, McGee to know who Mickey Kaline is. Yeah, he's got tunnel vision. He's got that. Which I mean, view. yeah, it's that's pretty fair because Arnold also carries around a safe that's that has true. a Mickey K line card in it, that's and then true. drones on about all the shit about. I Mickey know, K-line. I know. I love like the, even just the uh, the side eye of from Sheena, who like we don't re- ever really get to know Sheena too much, but like her and Gerald like side eye each other, like dude, this again, like <laughs> again with the this Mickey K line speech. <laughs> speech. <laughs> Arnold also in in this episode of Hate Arnold, he also. <laughs> starts his like ramble about Mickey Kaline with a big sigh of disappointment with an eye roll towards Eugene when he asks who's Mickey Kaline. Like Arnold's like <sighs> and then gets all his That's because he's annoyed he took him to that baseball game where he almost caught the foul ball from Studs McGee. He's <laughs> like after after everything I've done for you, Eugene. God, God Arnold. I know, I know. It's 
Mickey Kaline is built though. You know he is. TV. No, for real. He's like built. He is like like Mark McGuire status or like so. I'll be, I, I mean, I'm not not to say that Mickey Kaline was like juicing or anything like that, but hopefully his record is legit. <laughs> but I don't know. We grew up in the '90s where like all of a sudden it's like all the all the most prominent baseball players were all like cheating and taking steroids and stuff. But yeah, that's very so. True. Hopefully not. Um, also, did you recognize? I'm just gonna. Oh, good. I was gonna be dumb so maybe you say something that's more important no i was first. gonna say did you uh <laughs> did you catch who who was voicing mickey k-line because i'm like what really him you know i did note that his voice sounds very kind and gentle uh-huh. but i didn't attribute it to anyone it's hellboy himself ron perlman no way yeah oh my god what was he doing around this time to I take a spot on hey arnold i don't know because i mean he had that uh, Beauty and the Beast show in the 80s with uh, Linda Hamilton from Terminator. I know he was, mm. I think one of the, I, I know one of the more prominent things he did in the 90s was Alien 3 or Alien yeah. Alien Cubed. Um, yeah, which I watched all three of those okay. last week. Oh, you I did? Because pl- I played Alien Isolation. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I don't have it. Okay, so that makes me feel a little bit better about going through Resident Evil 2. When you get, like, camera switch from what's on TV to Arnold, he's blocking most of the glass incorporated sign behind him, so it says as incorporated. Nice. This is why <laughs> That's we, my favorite This is scene. why we need you. That This is why you're here. This is truly why you're here. Yeah, because I'm a child. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> it's okay, as, as am I. But, yeah, it's, uh, he... This dude, he is, he's like super prolific. Like he's like a character actor. I think definitely is kind of how, mm. how most people would kind of see him. But yeah, that's just really cool. Cause, and then, you know, this is yeah. before, as far as like voice acting goes, this had to have been before, this is definitely before, uh, he went and played Slade on Teen Titans, but mm. I guess they couldn't say yeah. Deathstroke cause it was death and it was a car- kid's cartoon show, but go fig. That's fair. Oh, he played Clayface. Oh, he also he, saying crap. He played a uh, Clayface on Batman the Animated Series. Hmm. So if you go off and check that out, and uh, I guess that brings us to, and then you know, Ernie. One of my favorite lines is Ernie's like, "Yeah, his last game's tomorrow, and the day after that, the team starts to win." <laughs> <laughs> and then the way they animate it, I think they the way they animate Ernie is like his eyes don't really move; they're very static. It's really distracting yeah. for me, especially because we just watched the old building where Ernie's very expressive and emotive. But this is just more like the the stock the stock like flanderized version of Ernie. But I think it came yeah. first in yeah, the production yeah. order, so it's okay. So I guess that brings us next to I think the next thing to talk about is uh, the the grandpa scene. We we get a lot of grandpa really mm. shines in this. It's a little more of, a little more balanced, but mm-hmm. still kooky in his own way. You know, for sure he doesn't shout "kill the umpire." No, I like grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, I mean, if we um, if we were to like add a tally to the like who's the better parental figure. Uh, Grandpa definitely takes this one. I mean, yeah. he, even though he doesn't intend to give $50 <laughs> to Arnold, like the general thought process of like, quick, let me distract my grandson so I can throw some extra cash yeah, there and round so out his ticket value. So sweet. I was like, that's my guy. He dropped the super chat, the red super chat right on Arnold's channel. I'm proud of him. Um, and also Arnold's money jar saying this is not money. Is yeah. really funny. <laughs> I was like, oh, I would have done that. But yeah. Also, also first, grim. wait real quick. Yeah. First, first instance of toilet flushing. Grandpa comes in the room <laughs> immediately after. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> toilet flush, Grandpa. Yeah. 
And isn't his first line like, oh, Mickey K-Line, that old guy, I thought he was that, dead. That old, that old fat guy, I thought he was dead. <laughs> also, because I'm, uh, as you know, Michael, and as our viewers may, viewers, listeners, um, I'm not the biggest baseball fan out there. Neither am I. Um, fine. But the articles and, like, clippings on Arnold's, like, Mickey K-Line shrine in his closet mm-hmm. made out of gum... <laughs> Um, it's just a bulletin board guy. Is, it's okay. is K-Line homers it like actual lingo that people would use? I don't know if that's a verb. Homers that it. That seems, that doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem right. K-Line hammers and also, again. I like the smallest one down below in the middle that's like K-Line at kids benefit. Like he just, Arnold just picked whatever had Mickey K-Line's that's, name that's on okay. it. That's <laughs> okay. I mean like Helga was being really diligent. Like local boy saves cat. That doesn't even say Arnold. Like she had to like look further into that headline. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. I'll yeah. I'll give you that one. Yeah, Thank you for taking the screenshot of that. You're welcome. That's okay. Yeah. I was like, oh, I never really noticed the, the, uh, the bulletin board. So I just wanted to give it a little extra attention to that. But of course. Yeah, you really homered it. Thank you. With, with thank with you. That screenshot. Not much like how Grandpa homers the the scene. The book ends the scene. Like all it takes to make a kid happy is an extra five bucks. Wait a minute. Arnold, <laughs> 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 come back. <laughs> and a really good transition to them waiting in line <laughs> and immediately calling out. <laughs> so I guess it was no, I, I had more, but Grandpa took back his fifty. <laughs> His yeah. $50 bill. But at least they were okay settling for two guys, one hot dog. That's true. Well, I don't know. If, oh, yeah. They they ultimately still, like, even after buying the tickets off the scalper, whom I realized looked exactly like this guy from Hercules. The, hey, Mac, you want to buy a sundial? What are you buying? Exactly. Same thing. But, yeah, even with that, they still could only afford the, uh, afford the one hot dog. And, yes, I think we're both in agreement that the ushers, like, insulting cackle is insanely funny <laughs> so fucking good yeah. like the guy knows which two seats in the entire <laughs> area are the worst ones yeah. enough to laugh at <laughs> yeah it was great yeah yeah the uh this is the line read too on for for arnold like did, did some flasher just fall on my head <laughs> like he's so over it <laughs> the, the note I wrote here was like, "Oh, this inspired Final Destination." Was, is there is there a plaster related death in or, or masonry related death in the Final Destination franchise? So I can't remember. Is... I got to go back and watch all those. Yeah, it's not worth oh, recalling really, okay. but it's the 3D one where uh-huh. the first scene is at like a NASCAR esque race. Oh yeah, I hated that one. In true like one. Final Destination fashion. A wheel flies off into the crowd, hits the crowd, and unsettles the like podiums. Podiums, not the word. Pillars, and like some of it collapses on a shitload of people. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh my god. <laughs> so it wasn't wasn't specifically okay. plaster, but no, dude. Uh, but like you see the you see there's that panning shot of like up tracking the pillar, and then you see the cracks yeah. the cracks forming yeah. at the at the top base. Like that was that was, you know. Yeah, pretty scary. They also could have gotten away with sitting at any of the other open seats near the peanuts guy. Like, <laughs> it's ba- I know it's like baseball again. I mean, clearly, like no one cares too much about Mickey K line, so they they could have baseball or baseball in general. <laughs> but, and <laughs> then the thing too is like, okay, if Arnold's such a fan of Mickey K line, how did he not know that the day after was his last game? <laughs> fake fan, Arnold's hate Ar- fake, fake, <laughs> fake fan, hate Arnold. <laughs> Write it down. <laughs> Arnold sucks. Fake fan. <laughs> 
doesn't know how to seek out scalpers oh, and not choose gosh. to buy their tickets oh for God. his favorite player's game. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I lost my. Oh. Okay. Note to self if I, ever, if I ever mock Arnold, I have to finally settle into a Harold impression to you mock do, Arnold. You do, you think, <laughs> like, it's, it's not too. It's not too. I don't think it's that hard. I think you, you should definitely be able to. You'll, you'll do ease, I embarrass myself and just start trying it instead of practicing? Just workshop it. That's what that's what I do. I mean, like you, you'll come, no. We're you'll gonna come let it mature it. over the over this podcast. That's is true. how it's gonna mature, okay. so all the listeners can okay. roast me and be you, like, "Wow, that guy's not great." At by the by, the time you get to <laughs> him singing about he's a big ugly clown, you should be you should be you should be there. <laughs> okay, thank to you, Pagliacci. I like having a time frame. Yeah, you got a couple. You got a couple seasons there. So. <clears throat> amazing thank you so much thank you and i think the the music cue is great like the chase like yeah the like the use of, like the base the use of like the baseball organ here is really fun genius yeah genius and all then, the way through like, the it's just it's credits. just organ and tuba in that in that chase sequence yeah. also michael who uh who decides to put their interests first and not follow the rules and starts running from the ushers and sets the bad example of the two of them is it is it arnold by chance hmm yes, yes. who would have thought <laughs> That Arnold is our true troublemaker of the show. Oh my god! You know when you, I think like when you're raised by your grandparents, you have a little more like of a loose conception of of following rules and stuff. You know, mm. there's there's a little more freedom there. I think this episode is like seriously like super comfort food comfort watch to me. Like yes, yes, and yeah, it's just the way it all caps so so many elements of like well for one thing i think this is the first episode the first time we have an episode where there's like a musical motif that happens more than mm -hmm. once and i yeah. think we kind of just call it the baseball thing because it comes around again when there's another like scene he like meets mickey he gets to meet mickey Kaline again like in like the mm -hmm. second or third season but it's like kind of heroic but it's also very grounded at the same time it's like kind of like mm -hmm. wistful in a sense like yeah. yeah yeah like feet on the ground head in the clouds yeah like mickey's still you know mickey's really sad about retiring and you know this is still like baseball was his whole life and everything and like mickey is arnold's like baseball hero and stuff and mm. it's just really like emotional sentimental it's got a real like feel good vibe to it but it's yeah i think yeah <clears throat> and i've always kind of wondered why but it's also just that I think it, part of it, and you know, Hey Arnold's a pretty grounded show for the most part, but yeah. it does get into this sort of like wish fulfillment thing of like, like who wouldn't want to just like have a moment with somebody who, like you know, so like an iconic person who has been a big influence on you or something like that, like, mm. like shit, like I, you know, I I would love to just like sit down and like barbecue with like Dave Grohl or something, or like just like chill mm. out with like Kevin Smith or something, and like people who you know really like influenced me and who have like just like kind of given me something to shoot for or something to kind of like aspire to so i think that's just it's just really nice it all of a sudden like just turned it's like a completely different episode all of a sudden but at the same time it feels really just like earned and organic at the same time mm. yeah yeah it's a cool it's a cool moment that arnold gets to have mm -hmm. um and it, i mean it, it's deserved too right yeah. like arnold goes in with the intentions and the kind of subtext is that he intends on returning the ball, which is probably what unlocks the opportunity to meet with Mickey True. Kaline, right? Yeah. Again, Mickey's like a stand-up guy besides his bad posture for the interview. Yeah. Um, like so kind, so understanding and willing to like invest the time with Arnold mm -hmm. and have a catch with him. 
So Very this special. is this is catch. I throw it to you. You throw it back to me. <laughs> so simple. Also, can I get you to say uh, like the TV announcer? Mm-hmm. Look at that weird little kid yeah. run. Yeah, I was thinking that too. He's like, and the home run ball's been caught by a kid with a football-shaped head. Wow, look at that weird kid run. <laughs> <laughs> world may never see another mickey kaylai yeah sucks for you are no little man that was pretty good that was better that was better i didn't go for the high pitch because i was afraid my voice would crack so i'm, I'm gonna find it in my root you'll my root get there tone first you'll definitely get there and extra point your grandpa also just gets extra points for like if you need keeps me, the car running I have the packard running come on <laughs> got like, the packard running yeah. grandpa like he would get double points for this episode nah, if for sure. I uh, if I believed in double points. It's actually like honestly, I think this is kind of thematically. I think in some ways, sort of a spiritual kind of a spiritual sequel to to Lockjaw to Field Trip a little bit because mm. Grandpa kind of gets to serve a similar purpose to to what Grandma does for Arnold in like being like after hours and like hey like you know I think you know the right thing to do here like let me just give you a little help with that. So yeah, I thought that absolutely. was I thought Andy that was really has his solid. license. Yeah, I thought that was really solid, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you win, Grandpa. That's pretty short and sure. sweet. So yeah, I think that'll. Any any final final thoughts on either of these episodes, sir? Uh, no, it's just that next episode. I'm very excited. Heck yeah, dude! Like I'm almost like you know, it's screw this. Like let's just let's just stop here, and so we can. We're that much closer to covering the next episode. But I did want to just say real quick. That uh, according to my DVD box set, again, you can watch this on Hulu, Paramount Plus, or on DVD as I do. Um, but we are officially uh, a quarter of the way through season one already because I'm already, I'm like, we're Why? done with one disc of the uh, disc one on the DVD box set. But Wow, we're out of Midgar. I know, a little bit. So now we are officially in the overworld map. And yeah, I'm just so pumped because uh, next week we will be covering heat mm. slash snow mm. where a lot mm. of everyone's true colors come out in various forms what a pairing yes what a pairing but yeah i'm stoked mm. i'm stoked i'm stoked very very, very much so sorry that's okay that's fine <laughs> all right y'all so yeah feel free to you know check us out i'm i'm actually i'm having a lot of fun with our with my dumb little social media post on uh pc 118 pod on either twitter or instagram but Ah, I am, is that where I would find them? Yes, that is mm. where they where you would find them, and as well, with I should go one. and follow them. You maybe maybe you consider doing that or showing other folks and whatnot. I think we're really starting to find our find our groove groove remote, if you will. You know, I'm really excited to just keep this going. I think season, yeah, season one is just really ramping up, and it's just gonna get better from here. So, mm. I think the main takeaway to remember the main lesson here is uh always remember a happening dude always pays his foxy ladies cab fare and mm-hmm. also never eat raspberries 